Amen. I'm looking forward to that home, aren't you? I'm looking forward to that trumpet to sound. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if he came before I got this message going. Amen. And uh, thank the Lord. First Kings chapter number 21 tonight. First Kings chapter number 21. First Kings chapter number 21. story here about a man named Naboth and uh, he had something the king wanted and uh, there's some great truths in this story it's probably a story that you've you've heard before I, I believe I've preached on it before and uh, and I've heard many sermons from it too but uh, let's see what it has to say I'll read verse 1 you join me in verse 2 and so on down we'll read just down through verse number uh, uh, let, let's let's go down to verse number six tonight. All right, verses one through six. I'll read verse one. You join me on two, and so on down through verse number six. First Kings chapter twenty-one. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs. Because it is near unto my house, and I will give a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me, that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. The title of my message is, It's Not For Sale. It's not for sale. Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, thank you again for the word of God. Lord, what a blessing it is to be able to, to own, to hold the Bible in our hands tonight. And uh, Lord, again, I'm, I'm so mindful of there's people all over the world uh, tonight that don't have the privilege that we have. Uh, they'd be happy with one page of a Bible and here we are with all the pages, all 66 books right here in our hands. And, Father, we are so blessed. And here's a story back in the Old Testament that has some truths for us here in 2023. So, Father, bless and help us now as we bring the message. And if there be someone here not saved tonight, would be the night of their salvation. Deal with our hearts. Use this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We find the story of here about Naboth, and he was he was just a, a simple farmer with a vineyard, and uh, thing was that it happened to be right up against the palace of King Ahab, and uh, you've heard of Ahab before and his wife Jezebel, and uh, they were not a good group of folks, but uh, Ahab, uh, like I said, Naboth had this vineyard right up there next to the uh, the property of the king, and and. Uh, uh, Ahab wanted that vineyard, and he had wanted it for a reason. He wanted to put a garden of herbs in it. And uh, so I'm like, you know, what? I don't understand the big deal why he had to have just that, that uh, vineyard. 
But he wanted that, and he got his head set on it and his heart set upon having that vineyard. And so what he did, he went to Naboth, and he made him a, a, a proposal. And he said, listen, he said, uh, if you give me your vineyard, I'll give you another one. And, in fact, I'll give you even a better one. And if you want, I'll give you money. And, and uh, I, I thought about that, you know, situation that the king was willing to give up some of his property for that. It must have been a really nice vineyard. Uh, but again, it, it wasn't it wasn't his, and he wanted it. And he said, I'll, "I'll trade you. I'll give you another vineyard." And then he said, "I'll give you money for it." And uh, you know, you stop and think about it. What an what an offer! I mean, who was giving the offer? The king. Do you think there was any problem of having money from the king? Why well, the king had all kinds of money. He could have paid uh, an exorbitant amount of money for that for that uh, uh, vineyard. But uh, Naboth, he's, he, it sounded like a sweet deal, and, and probably to the average mind, it, to people that would listen to this, say, why wouldn't you take that? Why wouldn't you get a better vineyard? Why wouldn't you just hold out for lots of money? And uh, that's the way a lot of people look at things. But there was a spiritual thing about this here. Naboth understood something very important, and that was this. He knew that this land was given to him by God. God gave him this. This was part of the inheritance. And Naboth said, I'm not going to swap you. Uh, I am not going to sell it to you. No amount of money is going to buy this from, from, uh, from me. And, and uh, God had given him that. You say, well, why would you say such a thing that this was given to him by God? Well, he had made mention about that that was the inheritance of my father's. But I go back to the book of Leviticus tonight, and I, I look and I may read you a verse here in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 23. The land shall not be sold, listen to this, forever. This land shall not be sold forever. And he goes on to say this, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. The land belonged to the Lord, but God was allowing Naboth to be able to farm this land and take care of this land it was part of the inheritance of his fathers and so i believe naboth was a spiritual man i believe he knew this i can't give this to you king this doesn't really belong to me this is an inheritance that god has given i think he knew what the word of god said when uh, as i read there in leviticus where he said that he was not to not to sell that 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 ground and 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 it was an inheritance to him and his family and it was to stay in the family. Numbers chapter 36 and verse 7 says this. It says, So shall not the inheritance of the children of Israel move from the tribe to tribe, for every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. Naboth knew this. You see, it wasn't that, that it was just a, a nice thing to do. Naboth knew this. Listen to this carefully. It was a command not to sell it. This was really a... The, the, the subject matter of this here was this, obedience. He was to obey what God said. And so uh, if he had sold it, he could have been a rich man. I, I don't know how much money you know, they had would have given, but he probably could have been a rich man. He could have had a whole lot nicer vineyard. But he said this, he said, I will not disobey God in so many words. He knew why wouldn't he sell it. He said, because of the inheritance of my father's. He knew that God had given the children of Israel this ground. And he said, listen, you're not to give it up. You're not to sell it. You're to keep it in the family. And Naboth knew that. And that just goes to show you how important it is to know what the Bible says. To know what God expects out of us. And so Naboth knew that if he sold the land, he would be in direct disobedience unto God. 
I believe Naboth didn't want to live that way. He didn't want to be in disobedience to him. You know, I wish, wish we today would say that too, and Christians today and would say, I don't want to be in disobedience to God, but I wonder how many times we are so disobedient to him. But Naboth was willing to take a stand and not disobey God, and I applaud him for that. It was something that he said, I am taking this stand. I will not sell it to you. And again, who's he talking to? He's talking to the king. The king had power, and the king had, had, had money, but I, I think about all the money the, the king had, but it, I, the thing that, that really uh, speaks to my heart about this here is the king had a lot of power. That means this, the king could have had him killed. He could have him executed. He could have just, well, I'm just going to kill you right now and just take this. Naboth knew the power that a king had. But Naboth said, I will not sell it to you. I'm not going to do it. And I thought, you know what a need it is, it is today for God's people to stay, take that stand and obey the Lord too. First Samuel chapter number 15, verse 22 says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. And listen to this. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for people that will obey him. You say, well, well you know, it's so hard. What's so hard about listening to what God says and doing what he says? You know, young folks, you could learn something tonight. Listen to your mom and dad and obey them. You know, it would be a whole lot better if you obey mom and dad. You know, it's, it's the kids that get, say, well, I don't want to do what mom and dad says. They get themselves in trouble. Our prisons are full of people who would not obey the laws, and they learn not to obey the laws by, I believe this, first of all, by not obeying God. Young folks need to learn how to obey God. And one of the, one of the good ways to do it is for us to parents to teach them that. And show them that by obedience in our own life. And so Naboth's vineyard was not for sale. It was something given him by God and he was commanded not to sell it. I believe tonight that God has given us something very important too. You say, preacher, what has God given us? I believe God's given us the word of God. Now I believe we need to, we need to guard this book, this King James Bible. I was talking to Brother Coral. And uh, a man that we both knew, it was, uh, this guy was saying that he was spent so many hours, and I forget what the number was. Do you remember what it was, how many hours? He said that he, he studied and found all the, all the problems in the King James Bible. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. There's no problems in this King James Bible. But you know what? There was a bunch of folks starting to listen. Didn't God say, don't mess with my book? He said, don't add to it, don't take away from it. And what happens, this guy said, said uh, this guy was working in a, in a college, and he said, well, you know, we find these things. And what they were going to do, the church was going to do in the college, they were going to write a new Bible. You don't need to fix something that ain't broke. Amen. And they had this idea they're going to do it. And I'll tell you what, God, I, God put an end to that. He really did. I won't go into the story, but he really did. But I, I thought, you know, God has given us the word of God. And I believe that's something that, that we need to protect too. We need to look at it as Naboth did about his vineyard and say, hey, listen, nobody's going to mess with that. I am not giving it up. I will not. You know, I, I, I think we all understand we are King James only people. You know, we're not, we're not, you say, well, you know, I like this other, the new King James or the NIV and all the rest of it. They all have problems. They're taken from the wrong text, amen, a corrupted text. And that's a whole lesson in itself. But, you know, we, we have a responsibility to protect what God has given to us. And I think a lot of these, and like I was telling about the illustration there with that man who said he had all these hours of study and he's come up with all these things. And, and by the way, Brother Cor was telling me this. He said, I figured out how all the hours that he said he has into it, and there's no way he could have done it at his age. 
You know, I, I got, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me the man's a liar because he's messing with God's book. And I just kind of look at it this way. You want to mess with God's book, you're a liar. I'm believing God's word before anybody else. And so God's given us something very important and then given us his word. Amazing, the compromise that's going on today and, and, and directly and contrary to the word of God. We need to understand something tonight that the world wants us to sell out on this book. Uh, we're, we're an unpopular people today, let's face it. But that's all right. God loves us. Amen. And, and I love you, and we love each other. Good, most of you do. All right. The rest of you, I don't love you anymore now. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I think about, you know, we're, 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 not, we're not a group of people. That, that's all right. I, you know, if the world was happy with us, I'd be worried. I really would. I'd be worried. We know the world wants us to sell out, and, and God's people need to have some courage like Naboth. I'll be honest with you, it takes a lot of courage in our day, in our day to stand on this book. You know what, I'll be honest, it, when, it didn't take a whole lot of courage years and years ago. Because everybody believed the Bible. You know, look at our nation, what our nation was founded on, the Word of God. The majority of the people believed this book. Now find some folks who believe this book. You know, what happens if they, they, you say, well, there's so many people, they just don't believe anything. I know. And then what happens, devil pretty well saturated, everybody didn't believe anything. And then he began to work on the churches to all of a sudden get rid of the King James Bible to get away from the truth. God, uh, we, God's given us something we need to protect. I believe what we've done, we've opened the windows and unlocked all the doors and we've let the fox in the hen house. And then it's coming to destroy and destroy God's people. I thought, you know, we need some courage like Naboth. Say, listen, we're not going to do that. You say, preacher, you won't be popular. We're not worried about popularity. We've never been in a popularity contest. I believe we need to be in obedience unto the word of God. So we need to understand something. God wants us to take that stand. And when we do, it will upset some. And it did here in Naboth's situation. Ahab, Ahab said, hey, I want this. I want this vineyard. And he got upset. Look at verse number 4. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased. Why was he so heavy and displeased? Because of the word which Naboth, that little farmer over there, had a vineyard. The Jezreelite had spoken to him, for he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. You understand what he was doing? Naboth said, this is something big deal. He wasn't saying, hey, can I have a cup of flour? He said, I want, I want their vineyard. That was something that God gave to him. And he said, listen, he said, I'm not giving it to you. And so here, here's, here's Ahab. He's all upset. And what did he do? And he laid him down upon his bed, and he turned away his face and would eat no bread. You know what he was? A brat, yes. Any other words, please? All right. Well, that came fast, all right. He was a brat. He was a baby. Wasn't he? He's laying there in his bed. Think about this again. He's the king. He's laying there. His crown's probably cocked over on the side of his head as he's laying there up against the wall there and boo-hoo and there and his robe is over, over his shoulders and he's crying. And why? Because he cannot have a piece of ground. He could have bought anything else, but he wanted that. And a man had courage enough to say, it's not for sale. And so what do you got? You got baby Ahab. I'm going to have to change my notes and make it bratty Ahab. He went home and he pouted over a little vineyard. How sad. So Ahab's laying in his bed and he's pouting. 
And all of a sudden, in walks Jezebel. What a lovely woman. The name you want to give your kids, amen, your little girls. Jezebel. She comes walking in. And I can almost see in, 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 in there, there that, that, look at verse number five. But Jezebel, now wait a minute, wait a minute. This, this is what I believe. Picture in your mind Jezebel coming in. Here's, here's this old baby, baby uh, king lay, laying on his bed, crying, whimpering here because he can't have that vineyard. And, and here comes Jezebel in. This is how I picture her when she walks in his room. You ready? Can't you see it? What's wrong with you, man? Oahab won't give me that, that ground. I offered him money for it. I, I, I was willing to give him another vineyard, and, and he just won't. And, 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 and then what does she say? And, and, and he said to her, because I, I, oh, verse 5, And Jezebel's wife came unto him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad? Thou eatest no bread. She can't believe it that this guy hadn't eaten any bread. Oh, bread's good food, amen. And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. Can't you see that? I like to picture how the story went, amen. And then what happens, Jezebel said, And Jezebel's wife said unto him with her hands on her hips, that's in the Hebrew, Dost thou not govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise, poopsie-woopsie, and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee, oh, I will give thee, thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So Ahab, he tells his wife what had happened. He's boo-hooing to her. She comes her hands on her hips and says, man, you're the king. You ought to be able to do it. She says, I'll take care of that. And she decides she's going to take care of the whole situation. He said, I'll give you the vineyard. I began to think, you know, this was a strong woman and a weak man. Hello, America. You know, that's, I believe, don't, don't get me mad, ladies, because there's more to come in this sermon. So don't get mad yet. Well, we'll, we'll, it'll, get better, it'll get worse later. But uh, you, you think about this, you know, we'll talk about her a little bit more. But think about this. Here, here she was. She was a strong woman. You said, well, I believe this, you know. I believe we, you know, we are women. Everybody needs to listen to us. We need to understand what the Word of God says. The woman is to be in, in subjection under her husband. She, she's not to be the leader. You know, I, I believe there's some politicians that are, that are women that probably have the right beliefs and sad to say, have more backbone than a lot of the men do. I still don't believe it's right for them to be in leadership. You say, well, we're, you're, you're so old-fashioned, just as old-fashioned, I believe, is the Word of God. Is the Word of God. And so here's a strong woman and a weak man. He's in there whimpering, and she's there with her hands on her hips saying, hey, I'll get it for you. She was a scary woman. You ever been around some of them before? Oh, yeah, I've been around something before. I've seen some before. You know, they get there and they just, they're just mouthing off. And I, I've said this too. I've said it out loud. I, she scares me. You say, well, you shouldn't be scared of a woman. You ain't seen some of them I've seen. That'd be scary. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Hey, what, what, happened, what, happened to the, what happened to the dainty ladies? 
What happened to the lady ladies, amen? I'm not talking about just a female. I'm talking about a lady. You see how far we've come? We've come from being a lady to a woman and now to a I don't know what I am. Isn't that sad? You say, what's the problem, preacher? What's, it's, it's contrary to God's command. It's contrary to God's command. And so we have baby Ahab and bossy Jezebel, and we got a mess. Jezebel had a bad background. She had killed prophets of God. The Bible tells us Jehu said this. She said that, he said that she was a harlot and a sorcerer. And I'm thinking, you know what? Oh, hey, Ahab, he had no courage. He had no conviction. And then we have Jezebel who didn't care about anything but having her own way. So she got a plan to get Naboth, and they lied about him. Look at verse number 9. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people, and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. You see what she was doing? She goes, Go out there and lie about him. You know, folks will lie about other people sometimes, won't they? And folks will lie and say, Well, you know, those, those Baptist folks down there at Heritage Baptist, they just don't love people. Why in the world do we go knocking on doors and try to tell people how to go to heaven? Why do we preach the truth? Because you love people. And, 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 and the Bible said, verse 11, And the men of, this city, of his city, even the elders and the nobles were there, were, who were the inhabitants in, this, in his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them. They were, they were listening to that, that bossy woman. And as it was written in, in the letters, which she had sent unto them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. He didn't blaspheme the king or God. She lied. See how evil she was? She lied. Over what? A stinking vineyard. The king already had vineyards, didn't he? You know he did because he was offering a vineyard for the one of that, 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 uh, uh, that Ahab, or Naboth had. He said, I'll give you a better one. What, what was wrong with you on that? And what, is he, what was he going to do with it? He wanted to plant herbs in it. You know, I'm thinking this guy should have been out hunting. And planting herbs. Amen. I think there's a whole lot better things a man can be doing than planting herbs. Now, if you have herbs in your garden, I'm not, I'm not belittling you. But, uh, you know, just, uh, I just, oh, never mind. I'm going to get myself in more trouble. I've already made ladies mad. Don't make the men mad, too. And so what happens? They, Ahab had no courage. And, and old, old Jezebel, she had a plan to have him killed. And. And, of course, what did they do? They, they went through with that, and they, they killed uh, Naboth. And look at verse number 14. They sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. It came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead. And Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. You know said again? She bossed him around. Get up, big boy. Which he refused to give thee for money. For Naboth is not alive, but, he, but dead. It came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. That just makes me sick. Just makes me sick what happened there. 
healed that man over a vineyard. He said, well, why didn't he just give it to you? Because God said, I gave it to you. Don't sell it. And he said, I will obey God. See, it cost him his life. Where's he at now? Think everything's okay? You think when God met him there at the gates of heaven, he said, boy, why did you turn down such a good deal? God said, well done. Well done to him because he obeyed. Now, there's some things, applications like to give to you here tonight, and then we'll be, be on our way. But a few couple things I want to give to you about this. One of them is this. Naboth believed God and would not compromise no matter how much money or fame that was offered to him. He knew this. He said he, said he believed, uh, what I'm, I'm talking about there, he believed God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we need, to, we need to understand, I believe in this King James Bible, but I need to believe the God of this King James Bible. So I believe there's no, those, there's no conflicts in there. I don't believe there's any mistakes. I don't either, but we need to believe the Word of God. That means that we will then obey the Word of God. You know, a lot of people say, I've heard people say this. So, well, you know, I know what I ought to do. Well, then do what you ought to do. If you know what you ought to do, do what you ought to do. Find out in the Word of God. Don't make a move until you look to see what the Word of God has to say. He knew what God had said. And there was no way he was going to change and do something opposite of what God said. That's why I don't understand the compromise that goes on today. I don't understand Brother Coral said about this this morning there. He said about churches, Baptist churches used to have Sunday night, don't have Sunday night anymore. Don't have Wednesday night services. And, and, and what happens is preachers say, well, you know, people's not interested. You know what? If they're not interested, you still ought to have church. Because I would hope at least the preacher and his family is interested. Amen? I'll tell you what, if he can't get his family in church, then he ought not be the pastor of the church. But here, 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 here what, it, what he did, he, he knew what God said, and he wasn't going to compromise the word of God. And, 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 I, and I think, you know, and I look at preachers today that are compromising and on, on just about everything. Uh, I think Brother Coral mentioned this, too, and in, in, uh, when he's preaching, I was thinking, I'm saying that tonight. But uh, he, he, he said about, but you know, the preachers now that are saying, well, you know, it's not wrong to really drink as long as you don't get drunk. Where'd that come from? I didn't come from the Bible. You know, and Brother Coral touched on that. I don't need to get into it. And I, I think we understand what that's all about. But they, they compromise the word of God. And God's word, the thing is that God's word has not changed. Oh, that's why they want to change Bibles. Because they want to change what they think the Word of God says. Where all of a sudden someone says, well, I, it would be better as this. No, you can't have something better that, of something that is already the best. You know, you're, you're see products, they go, new and improved. I'm thinking, I had junk before. Now it's good. What was it before? Now you've got to have the new and improved because the other was no good. Why were you selling me the, new, the stuff that was no good? And yet what they, they blew the trumpet for that, so that was great. But all of a sudden, you always got to have something new. That's exactly what's happening in our churches today. That's exactly what's happening in our families too. So, well, you know, we've always, we just kind of, we, we need to open up to other things. You know, it's kind of like opening the dumpster. You'll get a bunch of stuff in there. Remember, Andy, we had some raccoons in there, didn't we? Yeah. Raccoons were living in there, and they were just, it was like, it was like a, a smorgasbord to them. It was like the, I was going to say a restaurant name, but I won't do that. I'm fighting with it right now about telling you, but I'm not going to tell you. But anyways, 
the reason I'm not telling you is because I can't think of the name of it. But anyways, all right, we'll move on here. But, you know, I thought how, how sad it is that, you know, that, that folks would just, they just got to change. I'm like, why do you need to change the Word of God? You don't change something that's right. And that's what was happening. It's what's happening today. Because I believe Naboth believed God and would not compromise. You know, I, I think about, uh, about Aaron in the Bible. What happens, remember, remember Moses is up on the mount with God and, and Aaron's down there with all the folks and the people start saying, man, we want, we want to do something else. We want to do something other than what we've been doing. We want something new. And he said, make us a golden calf. And he did, didn't he? And all of a sudden, what happens, Moses says, man, I hear some sounds down there. It sounds like war. He said, I hear, I hear music going on. Sounds like war going on down there. It wasn't war. It was their music. It wasn't the music of God. They changed their music. They changed their clothes. You remember what they were wearing? Their birthday suit. They were naked, weren't they? Yeah. Now, see the change that was going on? And they're dancing. I don't think they were dancing before that. Here they are, they're having this wild party down there, and they changed. And then what happens, then Moses asked Aaron, said, what in the world? And he goes, they made me do it. I'm telling you what, man, we need to have some backbones again in our men today that says, you know what, we're not compromising. You know, I was like, well, you know, my wife made me do it, my kids made me do it, you know, my, my friends made me do it. Why don't we just have some backbones and say, you know, I'm going to obey what God says and not worry what everyone else may say. Some backbone. Parents and preachers compromise today because they're trying to please everybody and not cause waves. You know, a lot of things we as moms and dads are going to cause some waves with our kids because our kids are bombarded with every type of garbage there is today. They're bombarded with things that we as adults in here today, we never knew about till we were adults. And now kids are doing it. That's why they're trying. These transgender idiots are out there trying to get these little kids, preschool kids, try to teach them. They say children as young as, I believe they said the age of two, you need to start working on them to help them understand what gender they are. How crazy. You know, we're, we're, some, we're some parents that say, I'm telling you right now, my kid's not going to listen to that stuff. My kid's not going to that school. You say, well, what are you going to do? Why not just quit your job and start teaching your kids? Well, how are we going to buy our boat? Don't buy your boat. Teach your kids. Now, if you can do both things, buy a boat and teach your kids. But what happens? They want to compromise because they don't want to cause waves. We need to be like Naboth, who was not for sale. Secondly, Naboth knew the land was given by God, so it wasn't for sale. You know, God's given us the word of God, and, and it's not for sale either. I'm not, my Bible's not for sale. I'm not going to trade it in for a new King James or, or anything else. I'm not going for an NIV or ESV or all the rest of them. I heard somebody said they visited a church one time, and they had all different versions in the pews. I'm glad that tonight, you know, I don't, I'm not a real fan about putting Bibles in the pews. You know why? I want God's people to bring their Bibles. Amen. You say, well, then they might bring the wrong one. They won't be able to follow along, and they'll start bringing the right one. Amen. They get into church, they might hear it, they'll start bringing the right Bible. Now, I'm not against the church. You say, I know a church. It's a good church. They have Bibles and abuse. Fine. Thank the Lord for it. I'm glad for that. But I'll tell you what. It's about time for God's people to have some backbone and say, hey, this is my Bible. I'm taking my Bible. Because you know what? I don't go hunting and say, I'll go up there and wait and see if they have a gun for me to use. Right? 
I don't walk out in the parking lot and say, well, I wonder, you know, will someone let me use their car? No. You got your Bible, use your Bible. Bring your Bible. Amen. Naboth, he knew it wasn't, it wasn't for sale. I'm going to say this, doctrine's not for sale. Amen. The book hasn't changed. Doctrine is still the same. And you say, well, preacher, you know, these other versions, they're all right. No, 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 no. And again, Brother Cole said, but the deity of Christ is taken away in these other versions. Doctrine changes. Why would people want to go to that? I remember talking to, talking to a guy, and he said, he, uh, I said, well, what about, the, you know, does your church, do they use King James Bible? He said, well, the pastor does most of the time. And he says, some of the Sunday school teachers, and he said this, and I do all the time. It won't be long. It won't be long. Already sold out the convictions there about the word of God. Doctrine's not for sale. My, doc, my, Bible, my Bible doctrine's not for sale. And I believe this too. My standards are not for sale. You say, preacher, what are your standards? I believe they're Bible standards. Uh, again, Brother Cor, I don't know why he had to preach everything I had to say. But my, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, I, the standards I have is not because of any man. And I thank God for some men teaching me the Bible. But my standards are Bible standards. And so all of our standards ought to be Bible standards. So, well, I don't believe, I, you know, I just think times have changed. Yeah, times have changed, but the word of God is still the same. You know, it was an abomination a long time ago for this, this queer stuff that's going on. Ah, still is today. Oh, but what about your convictions? Have they changed? Well, you know, one time I believed that, but now I believe a little bit different. Isn't that exactly what's happened? Sure. My, standard, my standards are, uh, are biblical standards, not preferences. Parents and preachers today are really uh, uh, doing this more and more where parents and, and preachers are, are compromising. I heard, I heard about uh, a preacher uh, uh, that was that his, 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 in, in his family, he had Bible standards, but his wife, she would go along unless he wasn't there. And then her standards were different. And then she began to work on her daughter and began to, when her daddy said, you can't wear that, you can't act that way, when he would go away, she would say, you can have this and buy, him stuff, buy her stuff and let her do what she wanted. They ended up one time having to go and find her because she'd run off with some guy. They found her in a dive. She was nothing more than a harlot she ended up to be. And I believe one of the reasons why was because her mama wouldn't hold up to the standards. You say, well, I just want my kids to make their own decisions. Train up a child in the way they should go. Oh, I'm sorry, you don't have a Bible. You don't know that. Have some standards. Bible standards. You know, there's some men that taught me things, and I, I think about the guy who told me how to, taught me how to be a soul winner. He went off into deep sin. But I'm not going to quit being a soul winner because I'm being a soul winner because of, my, because of what the Word of God says, not what some guy said. I'm sick of the compromise. I believe we could have a bigger school if we would compromise our standards. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of Christian schools that are not really Christian schools. They may have a curriculum that's pretty good, but I'll tell you what, their standards are down the drain. And all of a sudden we go, well, you know what, that's all right. Why is it all right? Why is it all right when our standards are going away? Why is it all right when, when all of a sudden, you know, it's like this. We have a standard here at our church that if you're going to come to our school, you've got to be in a Bible-believing, King James-only church. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You say, preacher, when you have that, how many kids are going to be able to come? The ones that need to come. 
I said, well, preacher, you know, you just, you need to compromise on that. And that's what all the schools have done. You go past most, most Christian schools today, they look like a public school. And, and you know what really bugs the fire out of me? They'll have a uniform for them in school, and then they'll dress like harlots when they get home. We've always had a rule that, hey, listen, these rules that we have in our school are for at home, school, or elsewhere. So, well, you know, I, you know, I just don't agree with that. Well, then, then you know, don't. But I'm going to stick with that. Amen. I'm sick of the compromise. The third thing is Jezebel was a bossy wife. Okay, ladies, buckle up. I hate to say this, but oftentimes problems arise because of a bossy wife. Okay, good. Nothing was thrown. Next point. All right. But I've seen this happen. I know this happens. How many men take their families out of a good church for this reason? Because the wife throws a fit about something. Hey, my, my Bible says the husband is to be the leader of the home. And the husband all of a sudden says, well, you know, I just can't come to church there because my wife doesn't like that. Don't get mad at me. I just, I just still believe this book. Amen. I believe the husband is to be the leader in the house. I remember a man came to my office one day, and I can tell you, I can point to the chair that he sat in, that first chair. You walk my door on the left, he sat in that chair. He sat down. His wife wasn't there. She sent him in to talk to me. Does that tell you something? He sat there and he goes, well, Pastor, he goes, man, I, I really like your preaching and everything, and you've taught me so much. He says, but my wife's having such a hard time with you. Now, you know what I wanted to tell him? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> he said, my wife's having a hard time with you, so I hate to do this, but, if, but we're just going to leave the church. There's a problem, ladies. You know, I, I believe men have some backbone, but ladies, don't make them wimps. Back them up. Stand with them. Amen. You can say amen. Ask your wife, fellas. She'll let you. Say jet. I mean, honey. You know that same man that said that? They paid a price in their family for it. I'm not happy about that, honestly. I'm just saying this. You know what? Ladies, men need an encouragement. And you can be one of the greatest encouragements in their lives. Fall in line. Say, preacher, do you understand what you're saying? Yes, I understand what I'm saying. Fall in line. Be the, be the follower of your husband. Stand with him. And husbands have some backbone. You see, but the kids won't be happy. The kids will have to get happy. You know, if you start out early, it won't be so hard. Encourage your husbands, ladies. And when you do, you'll be obeying the word of God. When your husband takes a stand, take a stand with him. You ever heard the saying before? If mama's happy, everybody's happy. Isn't that true? Mama, get happy, whether you like it or not. But how true it is. If mama's happy, but here's the thing, 
Mama, you better be happy when your husband is following the word of God. Be happy to say, I'll stand with you, honey. And let me say this too. Even if you don't understand it, realize he's trying to obey God. You'd be better off to stand with him. Amen. Oh, I know that's kind of foreign to the world today, but I still believe the old book. Amen. I didn't get me a new one. I got me the same old book. Next one, move off. You can undo your seatbelts. Wait a minute, put it back on. Number four, I think, is in my list here. God sees what's going on. Well, you know, I'm going to do what I want to. God sees what's going on. Jezebel comes in with her hands on her hips. Well, I'll take care of it for you. He won't give it to you. I'll get it for you. She goes and says, hey, you guys, you make up some lies, and you say that he, that, that, that he said some bad things about the king and about God. He blasphemed, and, and, and then go and stone him for it. Well, the people agree with that. Boy, I'll tell you what, they did. They killed him. Oh, 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 Ahab went down there, and he got that. Can you imagine? He walks down there and goes, it's mine. Yeah, all because of what you did, big boy. You just little henpecked man that, that, that had his wife fight, his, fight that battle that he shouldn't even fought. He should have respected Naboth for having some, some courage there to say, no, it belongs to God. He goes down there and he takes his ground, thinks, man, I'm all right, I'm okay, fine, everything's fine. But you know what? God saw what happened. <laughs> and he died. Jezebel died too. In fact, you know what happened? Something, same thing happened to both of them. The dogs licked up their blood. You got your vineyard. Okay, bossy lady, you got your way. And the dogs licked your blood when you died. You see, God sees, what's hap- sees what happens. Verse number 16, if you're there in verse 20, chapter 21, and it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, and Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, to take possession. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, now think about it, the Lord came to the preacher and said this, he's, te- he's, he's telling what to preach, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whither, uh, whither he has gone down to possess it. Thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? God knew what happened. They killed him, and God knew why they killed him. Took taken possession, and thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. Wow, what a terrible thing happened. You know, boy, that really turned things upside down, didn't it? When he said, God knows what happened. And you know what? God knows what happens in our families, too. God knows what happens in our lives. God knows when we sell out. That's why we all decide to not sell out and stand firm. God saw what Ahab and Jezebel did, but God sees what we do too. God's eyes go to and fro. He sees us all the time, and he knows what we're doing. And so, yeah, Ahab got his vineyard, but he didn't get to enjoy it very long because he died. Jezebel, yeah, I got it for him. She died. So I have to say this tonight. 
we can get this from the lesson, our Bibles are not for sale. God has given us something. He has given us the Word of God. And it's not for sale. You know, people say, well, if you, if you compromise, you have a bigger church. We're not compromising. We'll have the church God wants us to have. Well, you know, if you would just change the music and change your standards, I think things would be a whole lot better for you. Well, I don't think so. It don't look to me like things get better. It didn't get better for Ahab and Jezebel. It won't get better for you either. But my Bible's not for sale. My doctrine's not for sale either. Not changing that. And you see, if you keep your Bible, you won't have to change your doctrine. When you change your Bible, you'll have to change your doctrine. My convictions are not for sale. And I, I think I can just say this. I'm not for sale. I'm not for sale. You say, well, what if a church offers you more money? Not for sale. You know, I, I was preaching when there wasn't hardly anything, and you guys take good care of me now. But I was preaching these same things back yonder when I was hardly making anything. Because the Word of God never changed. The Word of God never changed. I'm not for sale. We need some backbone, like Naboth. You say, well, they ended up killing him. And yeah, they ended up sending him to heaven. I believe when Naboth walked in, he didn't have to hang his head down and say, I'm sorry, God, I compromised. I'm glad he held his head up and said, God, I wouldn't sell it to him. The only way he could have it, they had to kill me. And God says, I know what they did. Welcome home, my servant. Welcome home, my friend. Welcome home, my son. Well done. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to meet the Lord someday, too. Let's not be for sale. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for the time this evening. Thank you for the Word of God. And I pray that you bless the things we've talked about tonight. I pray every man in this room would have the backbone he needs to have to be the leader in his home. I pray for every dear lady in this room that they would be submissive under their own husband. Lord, they would stand with them and they would pray for them and they would, they would support them. Lord, what a, what a sad thing is when our homes are so divided today. Because everybody has to be, a, they think we have to be equal terms. No, Lord, you, you, you showed us something different in the Word of God. But Lord, a lot, of, a lot of folks just don't read the Bible anymore. They won't change the King James. They'll, they'll, they'll still stick with the King James, but they just won't read it. They don't know what it says. I'm glad, I'm glad tonight Naboth knew what it said, the Word of God said. He said, I can't, I can't sell it. I can't give it up. And tonight, Lord, I pray help us to understand what we have. And may we be a people that will not give it up. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed here this evening. Maybe you're here tonight, you're not sure of salvation. You know, one of the things in the Word of God, why I don't want to give the Word of God up, because the Bible tells us one way to be saved, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not any other way. We talk to a lot of people today, and they say, well, I think there's many ways. You've got to wait and see what God says when you get to heaven, and it's too late. You get saved while you're here on this earth. I wonder if there'd be someone here tonight said, Preacher, I don't even know I'm saved, but i like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Anyone tonight? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Christian tonight. Let's not be for sale. Let's take the for sale sign down, and let's just live for the Lord. And when the temptation comes, and you know what? A lot of times, though, for the families, families, your own family will make fun of you. People at work will make fun of you, and the neighborhood will make fun of you. They watch, and they go, there they go. They're going to church on Sunday night, too. They'll make fun. You know what? Don't back down.
Stand firm on the word of God like Naboth. God spoke to your heart tonight. The altar will be open. You do what God says. Father, bless now the invitation. I pray that your will be done. Lord, may you be pleased with the decisions we make tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we stand?